Gay Savvy. And you're listening to another episode of Gay Savvy, live on Switch 1197 tonight. It's Michael James here with this week's panellists, Kat and John. How are we, my lovelies? Good. How are you, Michael? I'm amazing. John, how are you? I am very well indeed. Thank you. Have we been looking after ourselves? Of course. Of course. You know that for a fact because I saw you at Big Gay Day. Yes, yeah, so which makes me question as to whether or not you've been looking after yourself or not. I've been recovering <laughs> all week. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the Big Gay Day recovery. And now, John, you weren't at Big Gay Day, were you? No, I was in Sydney the weekend after Mardi Gras. So that's where I was <laughs> on the weekend. That's Fool. like the least gay thing you can do. Go to Mardi Gras. Go to Sydney the weekend after Mardi Gras. I did see the um, gay TMs that we were talking about. Um, that was something. <gasps> did you see them, them uh, now in one piece or did you see the broken ones? No, I didn't see any broken ones. I just saw two ANZ ones. I didn't realize they were broken. Uh, yeah. Two. Two of the ANZ ones got uh, defaced, unfortunately. Oh, that's very unfortunate. Yes, yes, we don't know the full story why, I just know that it, it did happen, so it wasn't very nice. Um, but yes, we did mention Big Gay Day, that's going to be our big talking point for the week, is what went down at Big Gay Day. Was it great, or was it a dismal failure? We'll find out what Kat and I thought, because we were both there. Mm-hmm. Hear the reports on the numbers as well, uh, so great stuff. We've got our uh, regular segments returning again, You Know What I Love... And uh, what's got you, Goat? We have uh, an interview tonight with Julie Kalsif. Now, Julie's the creator of a new web series uh, on the internet for the ladies. Uh, so, Miss Cat will definitely want to know your opinion on that one, and we'll be talking to her later on. Also have our latest news headlines as well, and uh, a little bit of a catch-up on all things local, as well as our b- bizarre files for the week. I found a doozy. Doozy for us this week. It's all about penises. I am a fan of doozies and penises, so <laughs> should work out well. Excellent. I know Cat is a fan of doozies. I don't know that she's a fan of penises. I really are you love. Not quite. Not quite. Uh, well, we're going to take you away in a moment with some lovely music. But a reminder, while you're listening to the show, whether it's live or via our podcast, which you can find on iTunes just by searching Gay Savvy, uh, you can always tweet us at Gay Savvy or find us on our Facebook page by the same name. And if you are listening to us live, you can call into the studio anytime at 322-1019. We'll be back very shortly to kick off with our Freak of the Week, which uh, got a little bit to do with Frozen. We'll uh, start off tonight with that Lisa Mitchell's coin laundry here at Gay Savvy. Um, This is Sally from Healthy Communities and you're listening to Gay Savvy. There was a little bit of Beth Ditto with the gossip there uh, with their hit Standing in the Way of Control. Uh, Before that, we had Coin Laundry by Lisa Mitchell. This is Gay Savvy. I'm Michael James and that is Kat and John. Welcome to tonight's program again. We're going to kick straight into one of my favourite, favourite topics. I know we all love this one. It's time for Freak of the Week. Yay! (laughs) You know what? Don't even get a sting for that. Just You should always go, yay, at the end. With the spirit (laughs) fingers that I do to go with it. You know, we have to. Um, But uh, Freak of the Week is one of our favourite ones. It's where we want to go and find one of our craziest right-wing nutbag who has got a bit of a hair up there behind about something going on and they've decided to to talk to people about it, to write about it, to do something about it. And they're always everywhere. You know, we have in Australia our very own Bernard Gaynor and Freddie Niles, Mm -hmm. but these people are around the world and we decided to start searching far and wide where can we find them. So this week's one... 
Kat, can you tell me what is her name? Uh, can I tell you? Yes, I can. See, Catherine Skaggs. Skaggs. I love the name already. Skaggs. It's it's Skaggs. just so close to a slur. And I'm I'm actually having to stop myself from, <laughs> from making jokes already. Uh, because you guys probably need to know a little bit of a backstory here. So yeah. for those of you who've seen the film Frozen, yes, getting a lot of attention. It's a little bit dis- different from your average Disney film uh, in that it doesn't have the young princess falling in love with her prince and running off into the sunset to get married. It is. It was very interesting in that, yeah, you know, it was all very feminist in it, in a lot of its undertones, which was what I took from it when I watched it. It was like, that's very empowering the woman. You know, she didn't rely on a man at the end of it. And that's that's what I took as this as the undertones of the film. But this woman, she's she's not that way, is she, John? What what is what does she think that this film, this awful, awful film, is all about? Well, um Catherine Skaggs uh, believes that this film is about indoctrinating the children of America to the homosexual movement. Um I paraphrased <laughs> slightly, but basically this woman thinks that the the fact that the lead protagonist is single and is a woman who chooses to be single means that she must be a lesbian because she's not interested in love. No, you mean the ladies who who aren't interested in love, they're all just lesbians. Well, appar- apparently, according to this woman. And not only that, but thousands of followers um, have agreed with her across America, um, including um, a pastor who has said that Disney is the devil and is trying to indoctrinate <laughs> our children um, into gay ways. She now, to is be- hilarious. <laughs> She's actually that pastor that you uh, mentioned, Kevin Swanson. I think he's great too because he uh, not only does he agree with Catherine Skaggs, but he also gives a date for when it was exactly that Satan bought Disney. <laughs> oh, he bought Disney. <laughs> he bought is that, Disney. Is that how I've got here this one that they said Disney has duped Christian parents across the country into allowing Frozen to brainwash their children? Yes. Oh. Ni- 1984 it was, just in case you're wondering. Oh, that's the year my sister was born. That's a bit rough. <laughs> the year Satan bought Disney. Um, I must say, though, like I think if we consider this issue, we can all consider it laughable. But really, it's not new that Disney is indoctrinating children. A lot of their um, movies have demonstrated culturally acceptable behaviours for young girls at the time, and Disney princesses are very influential. I actually intend to write a PhD on it one day, just saying. I can just see a PhD on Disney princesses. Which that, Disney princess are you, John? Ariel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we got the little mermaid here. But um, but in seriousness, if that was Disney's intention with this movie, to have some kind of alternate reading, which I don't believe it was, but if it was, then I think that's... Fantastic, and I hope that I hope that these people are right, and that you know they did have undercurrents of gay metaphors in here about this and you, um, uh, independent right. woman. They did pick up some of it. There was some gay stuff, and it was one of one of the films that had the like the first leading male voice that was openly gay or something. And if you catch right in the middle of the film, there is actually a gay family in it, and it made me all warm and fuzzy. It was all of like three seconds. The guy said, "Oh, say hello to my family," and you flick over and you have a look, and the, his family is in the other room, and it's a man and four children. And I was like, oh. And just yeah. to, yeah, as well as same-sex relationships, just to delve into gay culture even more. I mean, the two lead females were voiced by Adina Menzel and uh, Kristen Bell. And like you said off air, <laughs> it doesn't really get much scarier than that. So Exactly. You want to indoctrinate the children? Teach them Broadway. And there is a rumour. You've all heard the rumour that there's meant to be a phallic symbol in every Disney film. I have heard that. <laughs> I've never actually spotted them without it being like a Frozen thing that I was sure somebody's just photoshopped. Yeah. So it's never been 
truly spotable for me. That was to keep little girls straight, obviously. <laughs> obviously, yeah. Up until 1984 when the devil <laughs> bought Disney, we were keeping them straight. Exactly. Well, wonder what they're going to do with Star Wars to help indoctrinate them. <laughs> Cast Carrie Fisher. Suddenly the lightsaber is just going to take on a whole new meaning. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not Luke, I'm your father. Luke, I'm your daddy. Oh. My goodness. <laughs> well, you know. That's a little tasteless. <laughs> I... That's fantastic, Michael. <laughs> We're here for taste, class and culture. All the ways. Um, but she even, and I mean, suppose she even got what was a really positive, um, you know, uh, influence out of it as well, where one of the things that I did think was when she's talking about she's got this magic power to command ice or something, I always went, oh, you know, that is kind of like being gay. You know, it's this thing that she's got and she's afraid of and she hides it. And, and um, Catherine, whatever her name is, um, Skaggs, Skaggs um, <laughs> said the same thing. She's like, yeah, that's all about um, being gay. So, uh yeah, Catherine, thank you very much. Um, we love you. Uh, you have provided us with the content for Freak of the Week. We'll add you to the Freak of the Week Hall of Fame. Kat's going to put that up online as well, so you can have a read of the article yourself. And we're going to take you away to some music. Um, and uh, it is going to be from, speaking of lesbianisms, it's the perfect time to take us straight into a little bit of Missy Higgins with 100 Round the Bends here at Gay Savvy. We'll be back right after this with our next segment. Hey, everybody. This is Anna Matronic of Scissor Sisters, and you are listening to Gay Savvy. Let's get it. That was a bit of uh, me against some music with Brittany and Santana from Glee there. Before that, we had Missy Higgins' 100 Round the Bends. It's Gay Savvy, and I love Gay Savvy, and it's time for my favourite segment that I love, and it's called You Know What I Love. You know what I love? I love that you call every segment your favourite segment. I know. <laughs> <laughs> It's great. Everything's my favourite segment. I'm so happy and excited to be <laughs> He's life. like a Labrador. My yes. favourite thing. My favourite thing. thing. If you chase the ball now, that's my favourite thing. You should come <laughs> up with separate jingles for each segment. Like, Freak of the Week. Freak of the Week. But I'll, I'll sit at home and record them in the dark. I Do think it. it'll be amazing. Amazing. Um, but uh, I would like the uh, little sassy lady herself to kick us off with her you know what i love this week take it away well you know what i love last week we were talking to tom ballard yes and i asked him about uh the ones that he's wearing in the posters for his show that's touring at the moment yeah and uh he told us a little bit about it and uh, he seemed to like it and then ever since that interview everyone i've spoke to almost i might be exaggerating but many people have mentioned onesies in one way or another and the fact that they have one or they want one or, uh, as you guys know, I went to the Powerhouse yesterday to talk about the Queer Film Festival and they're going to have an event called Camp Out yeah. where there will be a prize for the best onesie. No. Yes. So are you saying that you love onesies and you actually love them or you love that people are so disgusting enough to wear them in public? I'm saying that there has been a movement and that is going on right now, people. But how do you And feel? it is the onesie movement. Mm. I feel good about it. You I feel love good it. about it. Do you think she's the only one that loves the onesie? I think her excitement about it is laudable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit with you there. I kind of feel like running people down in traffic who wear onesies. No, they're yeah. fantastic. No, they're, they're they not. are on you know twelve Children. to eighteen months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're made for babies, <laughs> not for grown ups. Will you be at camp out, Michael? I may or may not, I don't know. Well, I'm going to, if you are, I'm going to take you down in the onesie competition. Oh, I got my right. eye on that prize. The only onesie I wear is my birthday suit, sweetheart. 
I feel like he'll be very happy to kind of, you know, give that up, to surrender that prize to you. Yeah. <laughs> that title of the best onesie. Pretty sure I can. Well, look, that's great to know what you love, Kat. But you know what I love? What? I love little baby celebrities who can't get their shit together. This week... It's Justin Bates. Oh, he's adorable. He's getting all grown up and he's just on my list of celebrities that just can't get it together. He's amazing. As he gets older, his precious little ego just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And he's like got in all sorts of trouble when he was here and he was graffitiing stuff and he was being all up in the place. And now he's been um, ordered into to, for a deposition in court for his bodyguard beating someone up or something. They got him in and they released a video of him getting interviewed and he is just attitude all up in the place. Mm-hmm. Mm. Literally, like the whole time. And he's like hand in the face when they ask him about Selena Gomez and he's like, don't talk to me about her. And then... They ask him about his time in Australia, and he's like, "Have I been to Australia?" <laughs> uh, turns out, like, "Have I been to Australia before?" I don't remember being in Australia. Oh, yeah, you were. And I'm just like, <laughs> "We're not very memorable." He is such a hot mess. I love it. <laughs> well, if the Americans weren't so hell bent on eating their young, <laughs> <laughs> this might not happen. You know, we all sit here and go, oh, "How is how has he gone so off the rails?" Well. You would go off the rails. At 15, they handed him like $10 million. When here you go, sunshine. He's oh, like, he was yeah. 12, wasn't he? Something like that. I don't His know. voice they, hadn't even broken. Maybe they thought, they just looked at him and thought, oh, you know, this guy looks like a Ken doll. He could be marketable. But they didn't realise he has the brains of a Ken doll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe Pretty they much. thought that all the other child stars to date had done so well in their lives <laughs> that nothing could possibly go wrong here. It's sort of, well, nothing's ever gone wrong before. Or it could be Michael Jackson set a precedent. They're like, well, we can never muck a child up worse than this. So, <laughs> But we'll uh, give it a go. Yeah, absolutely. We're going for it. the record with Justin Bieber. <laughs> child stars gone wrong. All right, John, round us out. I want to know, what do you love? Oh, I love feeling about 100 years old. I went clubbing um, in Sydney on the weekend <laughs> and I was like, the floor is sticky, the music is loud, the booze is expensive, everybody's gross and sweaty, I want to go home and sleep. And I've never felt like that in a club before, and I haven't been in one in a while, and when I got there I was just like, I want to leave, kill me. Oh no. Yep. Was it, and were you part of the couple and your partner wanted to be there and you didn't? Yes, that's exactly how it went. But oh. he's a little younger than me and I've been there and done it, you know. John, how old are you? I'm going to be 28 in a couple of weeks. Ah. Oh. Bless. And how old is your partner? Ah, uh, he'll be twenty-four soon. So I understand it. When I was when I was his age, you know. Oh, I was, my, oh my god! god. <laughs> you did just do that. You did. You did. <laughs> but I was you all did. up in you know the dance moves grill. But now I just don't care. <laughs> all right, Grandpa. No, oh, I seriously, right. I felt really old. It was it was kind of confronting, but you know, I embraced it. Ah, uh, well. You embraced the Zimmer frame <laughs> on your way out the door. <laughs> John's loving old age. Cat uh, is loving the onesie, and I'm loving the baby celebrities who can't get their shit together. That's what we love this week. Uh, and I'm going to round it out with a song that I love. Uh, well, a song from a person that I love. It's part of Leah Michelle's new album, Louder, and it's the uh, the lead single off that. It is called Cannonball. Uh, we'll be back very shortly with that song after we have our uh, 7:30 messages here at Gay Savvy. Boost your market share with radio advertising on Switch 1197. Switch 1197 is Brisbane's youth alternative community radio station supporting the youth and community of Greater Brisbane. Very affordable rates, reach Brisbane's youth and families and support the community. Email sales at switch1197.com. We're back at Gay Savvy on this lovely, lovely 
Thursday night with Michael, Kat and John. And uh, we have a very lovely lady on the line tonight. Her name is Julie Kalsef. Now, she is the creator of a brand new web series that has uh, launched um, based in Sydney. Uh, It's called Starting From Now. Julie, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, not a problem at all. Now, um, uh, this has uh, just caught my attention very recently. Um, I happen to know one of your lovely stars of the show, Miss Lauren, um, and uh, she pointed me in the direction, and uh, I've kind of fell in love with the, the first episode. Give us a little bit, um, just for those of you who haven't seen or heard about Starting From Now, uh, a 30-second snapshot of us. What's the show all about? Are you still there? We have uh, lost... <laughs> we lost Julie. We have lost Julie. Michael, um, you've lost Julie. I, I'm just going to call Julie right back right now. I'm um, sure you can make some kind of starting from now jokes. Our interview I... is going to be starting from... <laughs> <laughs> it will. Our interview will be starting oh, from sorry, now. <laughs> That's all right. Not a problem. So starting from now, uh, tell us <laughs> what uh, the program is all about, Julie. Okay, Um, so it's a web series. It's a six-episode web series for season one. Uh, Each episode is about six or seven minutes long. Um, And the story is about one of our main characters, Steph, moves up to Sydney from Melbourne to pursue her dream job. Uh, When she arrives in Sydney, she has a chance encounter with this woman called Darcy. She runs into her. There's immediate attraction between them. There was. I I saw that in the first episode. I love that tension. (laughs) Oh, good, yeah. Um, Then she goes to stay at her friend's house, the only person she knows in Sydney, chats to her, um, and then her friend's partner comes home and she realises that it's a woman that she had run into and had all that sexual tension. So then the three of them are living in this house together and, you know, the series about how that sexual tension plays out between those two characters. I love it. it it's um, it's sweet and simple and intricate. Intricate. <laughs> um, it really grabbed my attention in that first six minutes. Is it inspired by true stories at all? You there, Julie? We lost her a little bit. Oh. She's in bad reception in Sydney. I'm. I have to. Call her back in again. Um, but if you haven't checked it out yet, it's um, starting from now. Just search it on YouTube and it's you'll be able to find it. on our Facebook page too. On our Facebook page as well. Sorry. That's all right. Julie's <laughs> back with us. Um, so we are just saying, Julie, is it inspired by true stories at all? Um, I mean, kind of. Not entirely. It's, there's, some, there's some inspiration from true story there. But um, I've actually written a, a feature script along similar lines and... I wasn't really happy with it, wasn't really working, so I put it aside. Um, And then when I was looking for, I was thinking about my next project, I thought about that and I thought that it would maybe work well as a web series. So I kind of, you know, changed it around. And and it's it's a lot different now than it was in terms of that feature. But, um, yeah, so that was kind of the the genesis of it. I feel like a bit of a grandma here. Uh, I don't know a lot about web series. What what is the benefit of doing a web series as opposed to going through your traditional avenues and and trying to get up a a series on TV or something like that? Um, I I think a web series is good. I mean, the the alternative, I think, for 
um, an independent filmmaker is to make a short film. Um, and I figure if you make a short film, it, it may or may not get into some festivals and, and, you know, some people may or may not see it. Um, but with a web series, you, you know, you, you put it out there and potentially you have, you know, millions of people that can see it. So I, I think you, your audience is wider. You have more control over... Um, you know, you have more control over distribution. You've got a, a larger potential audience. Have you um, got a big audience at the moment? Have you found that the reception's been good? It's been good so far. We put episode one up um, two days ago, so we put it up less than 48 hours ago, and we've so far had um, 8,500 views of that episode. That's awesome! Wow, that's more yeah, than my, so my been... TV show combined in, a, in 30 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough yeah, lesbians so on your TV really show. Good. And I guess if you are obviously, you know, a film lecturer and an independent filmmaker as well, and you've written this piece yourself that you originally envisaged, you know, in a different medium, you can be a lot freer, yep. you know, with a web series in terms of content. And you can be a little more kind of experimental and not feel bound by production companies. Have you found yourself a little more creatively fulfilled doing it this way? Yeah, absolutely. Because you do have creative freedom and... Um, yeah, you're not answering to anyone. I mean, ultimately, you, you have to you serve the story and, and you serve the concept. But apart from that, um, it's you know it's fairly fairly low budget to making a feature. And yeah, I, I guess you know the the odds of getting a television series up these days aren't, aren't that great anyway. So it, yeah, it gives the opportunity to to get it done and to get your work out there and, and hopefully for people to see it. And see a product that you want to see made. You know, it's something that actually reflects your original intention. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and that was something that I was quite conscious of. Um, I spent a lot of time writing sorts of stories and films that I thought I should be writing or that I thought, um, you know, might get made. And then I had a, a realisation a few years ago where I should just start writing things that I wanted to make and that's that I wanted attitude, to see. Yeah. And I think that's... Yeah, I think that's been a good, a big turning point for me because now, um, you know, I am I'm making the sorts of stories that I that I want to make and about the people that interest me and about my community. So, yeah, it's been it's been really good. And do you think um, that you uh, that the lesbian community feels that you're you are, I suppose representing them accurately in this? Because it can always be tough when you uh, go to sort of create a program that is uh, representative of any part of a community. Do you feel like you've done that effectively? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I didn't actually set out to represent the lesbian community. I think the lesbian community is so diverse that no one program or no one film, no one show is going to do that. And I think that because there isn't, you know, because there's not a lot of content, that the pressure is always there to represent the community. But I think that's impossible because it is diverse. You're not, you know, there's no pressure on, on a heterosexual show to represent the heterosexual community. So I think that pressure is a bit unfair to put on lesbian content. And I think the more lesbian, the more um, gay and lesbian content we have, the less that pressure is going to be because there won't be, you know, everything's riding on this, you know, one or two shows. I love that point. The, mm. the more there is, the less is riding. That's absolutely right. When are we going to see the next episode? Yes. When's the next one? So the next episode comes out on Tuesday. We're releasing an episode a week. So Tuesdays, 9pm Sydney time. Um, a, a new episode will come out. 
Oh, that's fantastic. It's up on our Facebook page now. Beautiful. Well, Julie, oh, great. <laughs> thank you so very much for joining us here on the Gay Savvy Desk tonight. Um, we will be tuning in to your show every week. Uh, so thank you very, very much for making it. Is there plans for a season two after this one? Uh, yes, there may well be. Oh, wonderful. Well, we will keep our eyes peeled. Make sure you let us know when it's happening so we can have you on to talk all about it again. Um, our guest tonight has I been will. Julie Kalsef. Thank you so much, Julie. And we're going to uh, take our, uh, take us out with our next song, a uh, very special song, Cosmic Love by Florence and the Machine. Thank you very much, Julie. Stay with us on the line and uh, we'll be back with more after this. Uh, it's Heroes by David Bowie here at Gay Savvy with Michael James, Kat and John. Don't Looking. forget my name. I was tossing out whether to say John or Scottish John. Scottish uh, John. Scottish John. Eh, I was. Oh, I was something Irish then. <laughs> eh. There was some diddly dee potatoes. <laughs> oh wait. Oh no, wrong country. Wrong country. Oh, I'm wearing my kilt. Oh, I've got no knickers on. Um, knickers. Knickers. Yeah. Got no England. Knick- oh, I'm sorry. We don't have any underwear at wait, all. Do you have jocks? Oh, I see what you did oh, there. Oh, you see what I did there. Good one. Oh, I love it. Well, look, speaking of wearing no knickers, uh, it was Big Gay Day on Sunday. <laughs> um, now, John, we know you weren't there um, because you were in Sydney at the remnants of Mardi Gras. Was, it would have been like, you know, just seeing, was there still like gay bodies just lying in parks and stuff? Still well, covered it's in glitter? the gay capital of Australia, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> You kind of can't walk around a corner without having glitter thrown in your face. Pretty much, yeah. Um, we did go and see uh, Sweet Charity, which was a very like underground, dark interpretation, which was awesome, but I don't think anyone wants to hear about that. It was pretty gay, though. Ah, love, love a bit of gay. Well, Sunday was Gay Day, and, um, you know, we've got our official wrap-up of it. Now, Kat, you were there. Was. What was your overall impression for Gay Day? I had a really good time. I thought it was wonderful. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, for me, I really, really enjoyed it. I loved that I sort of knew everyone oh, this time. I have sort of, I've, I've been in the past and I've always sort of had my little group of friends and they've sort of been it. And then this time I felt like I knew so many different people uh, from different parts of the community. Probably had a lot to do with being on the Pride Committee last year. Uh, but just yeah. that feeling of sort of, you I know. I spent all day running into different groups of people. Yeah. And it's like, hello, 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 hello. Like yeah. you've got your two minutes with me and someone else got their two minutes with me. And it was just like, and it was a lovely. I deigned to community. give them five minutes oh. when oh, I spoke to five. them. But, you know, I, I know that. The celebrity that is Michael James oh, uh, can honey, only please. afford two. Close, <laughs> you know, it's true. Um, uh, but yeah, it's like, and what I loved was I actually took a moment to look around it at a certain point. And I was just like, I love the cross section of the community that I saw there. I think it used to have a much really sort of younger, twinkier demographic to it. It used to be a little bit like being at Fluffy. Mm. But. I was walking around, there was everyone from, you know, your people in their 50s and 60s and stuff to, you know, Deej walking around in his leather skirt um, <laughs> to, you know, you had people of all body shapes and sizes and outfits. And I really felt like the skinny, obnoxious twinks with the bleach blonde hair and glitter and hairspray were in the minority. And it was just this big mix of everybody. Which... That's because they can't afford it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. love how you put that though, cross section of the community, because, you know, this kind of collective homogenous idea of the community has always kind of irked me and and if we're if part of our message and our struggle is is um awareness of diversity Mm. there's diversity among same-sex relations and same-sex attractions and i think if that's 
becoming more prevalent and people feel more comfortable in those kind of wider celebratory contexts, that's fantastic. Ah, it was. It was really heartwarming to see. And that was like for me, it was so nothing to do with the music and anything really to do with the entertainment part, as much as it was lovely. I was just here to see people and just hang out. And I just did that. And it was just so many different people. And I felt comfortable. And I don't feel comfortable socially all the time. Mm. Um, and so it was nice to be that way. But um, Kat, what do you think of the music? Mm. Well, love Luciana. thought she was really good. And Boy George was good. I guess the big disappointment was you didn't hear him singing. Yeah, apparently I heard him sing a little bit with his um, with his DJing set. Um, and oh, so- baby, I'm, oh gosh, <laughs> I didn't think I didn't think that I heard him sing, but he was on at the end of the night. Yeah, well, it was Man, beautiful. Um, I thought he'd finished, and uh, my husband was like, oh, "I'm going to see Boy George," um, and he trotted off, and he came back 45 minutes later. And he was like, oh, my God, he was amazing. I was at the front screaming the whole time. And he's got glitter all over his face and all through his hair. I was like, oh, bless. Um, And Boy George is a bit of a tweeter. And I I saw him tweeting the next morning. Yes, And so I I tweeted at him and I was like, oh, hey, Boy George, you know, thanks for the show. My husband loved you. He said he was screaming down the front. Um, And Boy George tweeted back and then followed me. And he was like, (laughs) "Um, yeah, was was he the guy in the white shirt? Tell him I said thanks. Oh. Oh, wow. Oh, that's just wonderful. Yeah, that was my husband. Okay, now I love Boy George. The one screaming louder than everyone else that you've picked out the crowd? Yes. Yes, Yes. that was him. Oh, bless. I know. So he obviously entertained people. All the other entertainment was great. Sarah DeBono was all right. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I heard her. Luciana was great. I don't even remember seeing her. I didn't even remember seeing her. No, she was good. She was, she looked like a little drag queen. Yeah. Bless. <laughs> um, the potbellies seem to do a good job as well. They're always there. Yeah, they're, they're always good too. And like did you them. see the mega drags? Love mega drag. When they have like 12 drag queens on stage at once. I might oh. have missed that. Oh, I delicious. Have, I might have been at the bar. You missed Sega mega drags. Oh. Um, I, 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 yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> I see what you did there. Sega <laughs> mega drag. Love it. It's, it's always my favorite part because bless them. I love them. They try very hard, but they've got like 12 to 15 of them on stage at once. They're all half cut and <laughs> they've rehearsed probably only two or three times this, this dance together. No one always gets it right. And there's at least <laughs> five of them that are completely out of time with the rest of them. Uh, that's great. It's amazing. Oh, I saw them practicing earlier in the week. I did. Oh, so I feel like that kind of makes up for it. Oh Well, look, at a lovely, lovely day. I reckon now, Kat, I want to your official review. Out of 10 drag queens, how many drag queens do you give it? <laughs> I give it eight drag queens. You give it eight drag queens? I'm going to give it eight and a half to nine <laughs> drag queens. Almost nine, like right. eight and three quarters. And John, you weren't there. How many drag queens do you give it based on our review? Oh, I reject that term. I'll give it like nine gender fluids. <laughs> ah, beautiful. Well, uh, make sure you tweet us if you uh, love what we're hearing on the show at the moment at uh, Gay Savvy. We're going to go to our eight o'clock news uh, ad things at the moment, uh, and we're going to come up with some amazing music uh, with a song from Kelly Clarkson, "People Like Us," which is very, very important, and I'll tell you why after the break. Switch is a community radio station run by Brisbane's youth for Brisbane's youth and we value your feedback. So let us know what you think. Email feedback at switch1197.com You mightn't like this sound but every time you hear a motorcycle on the road please keep an eye out for them because last year in Queensland one person in every five killed on our roads was a motorcyclist and that's a fact. They're 30 times more likely to die in a crash 
than other drivers, like you and me. So be aware, take care, check your mirrors before you change lanes or turn, and help more motorcyclists survive. Authorised by the Queensland Government, Brisbane. Yeah, put the music back on, let's get the party back cracking up in here, man. Where's your suit? Switch 1197. Online now at switch1197.com. Brisbane's youth alternative, Switch. It was uh, Samantha Jade's free falling here at Gay Savvy. Uh, before that, we had uh, Kelly Clarkson's People Like Us. Very particular reason for that song, which I'll follow up uh, at the end of our news headlines for the for the night. Um, kicking them off, Cat. Uh, you take us away, please? Mm. Protesters in Victoria can now be fined $750 or go to jail for two years after the Summary Offence Act 2013 passed on Tuesday. From September onwards, the police in Victoria will have the power to move on groups of people at their will, including those involved in peaceful protests and pickets. Though clearly aimed at disrupting the tunnel picket campaign against the East West Link, in future this law has the potential to be used against anyone, including trade unions and community groups. Australia's most high-profile LGBTI print news organisation can no longer afford to provide free weekly editions, so is moving to an expanded monthly format from next month. New issues of the Star Observer are currently provided free to pick up each week from gay hotspots around Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. But the paper's boss, Daniel Bone, admitted on Joy 94.9 FM yesterday that changes are necessary because times are tough for all newspapers and the Star Observer is no exception. Police are investigating after two of Oxford Street's popular decorated GATM facades were torn off ANZ ATMs on the weekend. Drag diva Maxie Shield was on the strip and shared a photo saying she hoped the culprits were caught on camera. For the first time, trans personnel have marched with the Australian Defence Force at Mardi Gras. With over 100 members of the Australian Army, Royal Australian Air Force and the Royal Australian Navy taking part in the parade, alongside family and friends from the Defence LGBTI Information Services, D-E-F-G-L-I-S, the floats showcased how the Australian military has been embracing diversity. A copy of Talking Points provided to Council Call Centre staff in regards to how to respond to public inquiries about the controversial Brisbane Queer Film Festival promotional poster has been leaked. In the script that was released on February the 21st, Call Centre staff are directed to repeat Council's original position over the poster, stating that it was held in order for a review to be conducted by the Advertising Standards Board. But an updated script released on February 28th still included the statement, despite the ASB rejecting the council's request for a review raising questions about the council's transparency. And Brisbane will host the Australian Gay Rugby Championship this month at Ballymore Stadium. The Purchase Cup will be hosted by the Brisbane Hustlers on March 15th with participation from the Melbourne Chargers and the Sydney Convicts. Named after the founder of the Convicts, Andrew Purchase, the Purchase Cup is currently held by Sydney, who in 2012 also won the Bingham Cup with the International Gay Rugby Union's highest honour. 
And finally, to a Melbourne event, now in its fourth year and the only event of its kind in Australia, the same-sex formal gives same-sex attracted and gender-diverse high school students the chance to be themselves and bring their partners along to a dinner and dance. Queer youth organisation Minus 18 began the event in 2010 as a response to incidents involving students who could not invite their same-sex partners to school formals or being made to feel uncomfortable at these events. And that is our news headlines for this week. If you have any other news you'd like to see us included each week, be sure to tweet us at Gay Savvy or jump on our Facebook page and let us know. And anytime we're live in the studio, you can call in on 32210197. Now, we have one more news uh, item in there that wasn't included as a, as a headline, as it's not an official story that has made the media. Um, but I did want to make particular mention. Um, we played Kelly Clarkson's People Like Us before, um, and I played it as a particular trip to Alaska St. James. Alaska St. James was a local drag queen, uh, also known as Daryl Pike. Um, she was absolutely amazing in her support for the raising awareness of the mental health issues for the GLBTIQ community. Um, unfortunately, this morning, da- uh, Alaska, or Daryl, uh, was found in her home at Kangaroo Point, um, where Daryl or Alaska, I keep getting confused, and I always did, um, was found to have passed away in his sleep. Uh, So our thoughts and our prayers are with the family and friends of uh, Daryl and friends, of course, of Alaska because she had very, very many in uh, the community. Uh, That song, People Like Us by Kelly Clarkson, was very uh, important to Alaska. She used that as an awareness-raising song for uh, mental health awareness for the community. And she actually performed that on the community stage at the Brisbane Pride Festival Fair Day last year. Um, so she will be very sorely missed. Uh, and uh, as we get more details of any kind of memorial tribute, those sorts of things that will be happening in the near future, we will pass those along. Uh, so that's our news for this week. We're going to be coming back soon for our next segment, What's Got Your Goat? Uh, but before that, I have a brand new song from Darren Hayes. Now, don't let the title get you fooled. The song is called Wrecking Ball. He wrote it years before Miley, and he's only just released it as an addition to his album. And decided uh, to release it under exactly the same name. He wrote it with that name. I think the lyrics uh, have been included in there. So uh, I'm glad he hasn't wavered on his artistic integrity. Yeah, he's a good man, that Darren. Here he is with Wrecking Ball on Gay Savvy. Oh, such an inspiring little song there from Sarah DeBono. So speaking of uh, Big Gay Day, she played there the other day. That's why I thought we'd include that one there. That was her uh, original song, uh, Beautiful, that she performed on The Voice. And before that, we had Darren Hayes' new song, Wrecking Ball, which is not like Miley Cyrus's Wrecking Ball. Did you like it better than hers, Cat and John? Oh, look, I think that, you know, fa- comparisons were always going to be favourable with... Um... I don't know, you give me Darren Hayes naked on a piece of machinery and maybe I can give you an answer to that. (laughs) Because I don't feel like I I went through the whole Wrecking Ball experience with Darren the way that I did with Miley. Yeah, but everybody went through that Wrecking Ball experience with Miley and some of us (laughs) really didn't need to. (laughs) Yes, yes, it's something that we just didn't need to live through, but we did. I know that you'll be FFs with. Darren Hayes, Michael. Totes BFFs for Evs. Oh, for Evs. Now, can you ask him, please? Can I ask him if he'll get naked? To get naked, sit on a piece of large machinery. All right, we'll have to. And then, for the purpose of comparison, we can really decide who has the better single. We'll have to tweet him. And if you're listening, you can tweet Darren Hayes as well and ask him if he will get naked on machinery. Start a Twitter storm. That guy did it for chat roulette. Like, people are doing it. (laughs) 
hashtag get naked Darren. Um, <laughs> love it. Love it. Uh, but it's time for our next segment. And I won't say this is my favorite one because I've already said that tonight. So <laughs> it's like my third favorite one. It's what's got your goat. The thing that's gotten under your skin this week. Mm. Now, Kat, your eyes are glaring. I want to know. Get it off your chest. What's got your goat? Well, uh, basically, this week I was reading uh, a little something about some of our best universities here around Australia. So anyone that's out there, if you go to the University of Western Australia, Monash University, Australia National, uh, University of Adelaide, Melbourne, New South Wales, Queensland or Sydney. Yes. You've been sold out. They are trying to jip you. No, they are. Uh, They're called the GO8, these unis, these eight unis, and they are lobbying the government to allow them to privatise some of their courses. So so rather than... Privatising universities. Yeah, so rather than the government paying, you know, your hex debt basically, they pay and then you pay them back and that whole thing that we're all pretty familiar with. Uh, This would mean that the government wouldn't foot the bill and for you, you. buy university degrees? And you had have to pay for it, which would mean, A, that students who wanted to take these courses would have to pay up front, uh, much like in America, but would also mean that they can increase their fees by 16%. That's disgusting. So, um, uh, sorry, no, 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 no. Student fees could increase by 56%. 56%? That's sorry. outrageous. Sorry, yes, my outrageous. mistake. Outrageous. My mistake, um, because the government currently subsidies 16%. Anyway, the point is, Fifty-six percent—that's outrageous. It would go from about ten grand a course to fifteen grand a course, and I just—that pissed me off, Michael. Oh, now she's angry. Yes, that's it, it pissed me off. Privatizing university education should be free. There, I'm, it should be free. God, we got you there. We got her angry. All right, John, you get angry really easy. What's, well, what's got your goat, love? Um, the Australian Sun, which seems really shallow <laughs> next to the one that Kat just said. And I was going to respond to it and go on a big thing about how angry like privatising education makes me. But really, I got really sunburned on the weekend and it was terrible. And I'm still in a lot of pain. So people need to wear sunscreen. It's important. Don't get cancer. The listeners out there have probably noticed that John is the kind of vapid, you know, trivial guy on the show. Oh, <laughs> he yeah. usually does, Tons. you know, only talk about just the most superficial of things. We expect yeah. nothing less but from John. But we also, you haven't seen photos of John to know that John is a little bit of a ginger. A little I'm, bit. I'm a little pale. It's strawberry blonde. Strawberry yeah. blonde. We're gonna, I'm going to get John to take <laughs> off, his, off his shirt at some point so we can take photos of the sunburn okay. as well. Are we doing this? We okay. can, yeah, we're going to. We're going to put it up on air so you can see what he's talking about, why he's angry about the sun. We'll do that soon and we'll put it up in the break. But our next one comes down to me and what's got my goat, because everything likes to get under my skin. What's got my goat this week is... Gym fit mask guys. We talked about it on the show last week. I got introduced to it. I laughed it off at first. These people apparently, you know, they're, they're on, on the, your, your grinders and stuff and they are looking only to meet gym fit mask guys. And I thought about it. I thought if your defining feature that you're looking for to meet in a man is they are gym fit and masculine, you're an asshole. I remember once <laughs> when I was on Grindr, um, I got an, a request for a picture, as we all do. Wasn't cock, wasn't balls, wasn't ass. Someone asked me for a picture of my torso, and when I sent it, they sent back a message that said, no. And, I, and I'm pretty <laughs> toned, and I was like, wow, that's really rude. Yeah, I, I cannot fathom this ridiculous trend of people seeking gym fitness. You're seeking someone who specifically goes to the gym lots and has tight... 
how does that have any possible indication on whether or not you are going to like that person? What, you simply can't have sex with somebody if they don't have lots and lots of muscles and they don't spend seven days a week at the gym? I think that is completely shallow and vacuous and stupid and it makes you an asshole. You're going and a little red that's there. That's got my goat, yes. And I'm turning into you, John. So anyway... <laughs> It's our passionate segment that's got you go. Um, and if you've got something that's really bothering you that you'd like to contribute, you can call in and tell us what's your, got your goat anytime. Our studio number is 32210197. Or you can tweet it or Facebook it into us at Gay Savvy and let us know. And we'll include it in the show. We'll tell people what's got your goat and why because we want to hear about it and we want to know about it because we're passionate people around here. It's uh, We're here, we're queer, and we like to yell a lot. So, <laughs> see hi, yep. Brian. Straight up. Straight up. Yep, yep, yep. Look, we're going to go to uh, one more song, some little bit of our, uh, our 830 messages, and come back again uh, with our bizarre files coming up very, very soon. Uh, our next song, however, comes from uh, The Young Divas, someone we haven't heard from in a very, very long time. It was their Turn Me Loose featuring Savage here at Gay Savvy. That was a bit of Alexis Jordan with Acid Rain here at Gay Savvy. Down to the, uh, the final lap for the night. Getting there. Almost done. It's time, that time of the night when we look at the really crazy stuff that goes on in the world. And we look for the bizarre files. The weirdest story that we can possibly come up with for the week. Um, I mean, there's some weird stuff. But this one I kind of felt took the cake for the week. What do you expect when you go and buy a pair of undies? What do you expect to get? What do I expect to get? Yes. Um, well, you know, comfort support. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty standard. Yeah. Comfort support. What about you, Coverage. Um, I expect service with a smile. Service with a smile. <laughs> do you get personally fitted? Oh, look. It's been known. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. Do you ever really expect to have your bits insured when you get your undies? Silence. <laughs> silence. I love no. the silence. Tumbleweed. No. no, I've never been in. My bits are not insured. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've, I've assumed you'll be suitably active as much as everybody else's would be, so that one <laughs> might think that they would need to. This company in Montreal, I believe, uh, believes that we should all have our bits insured. And, well, not for ladies, sorry, but for men. And they are offering, with purchase of, I believe it is, three or more pairs of their underwear, a $50,000 penis insurance policy. <laughs> Can you believe it? $50,000 to insure your penis in the event of it is it of it falling off? Was that the stipulation, John? Um yeah, so it cannot be um operated upon, so sex change operations don't count and it can't be cut off by a jealous lover or friend. So the stipulation is pretty much that it just falls off naturally. Um the the wording is becomes detached. But all of the like methods of detachment are in clauses that say they don't count. So <laughs> But I think the most likely way you're gonna lose your dick is from a jealous lover. Or some such. Because there have been many cases of that happening. That is a real thing. Well you see this is where it gets weirder. That's not what they thought. They thought we better make a video to promote people why they might need penis insurance. So, of all the things, they thought that, well, you, you might accidentally saw it off while you're in your work shed sawing a piece of wood and watching rhinoceroses have sex. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's what they thought. Um, cue the ad, which um, Kat's going to put up on our Facebook page for you to check out. Mm. There's an ad that they have where a man is in his, his workshop and he's rigorously sawing this bit of wood. And as he is, he's watching the TV and it's like Na National Geographic or something. He's standing there in his jocks. 
And as he's soaring, these two rhinos decide to go at it. And you get this ridiculously gross close-up of the rhino's penis as they are going in to have sex. And he, for some reason, then starts soaring faster and faster. Um, and then suddenly accidentally soars his penis off. Lions and tigers and, and rhinoceroses, oh, oh my! my. But how could you prove that he didn't do that on purpose if they say that people can't cut it off deliberately to claim the money? They didn't. He got distracted. Yeah, and then... And who amongst us has not looked at a sexy rhinoceros... Oh, totes. ...and and being distracted from what they were doing? Totes. And the the ad got weirder, though. Like, he hacked it off and then got blood everywhere and he's running around... (laughs) Picking it up off the floor, picking up gaffer tape, gaffering it back on, and then continuing to saw this beast piece of wood like his life depended on it. No pun intended. Um, it's absolutely bizarre. I've never seen anything like it in any form of advertising ever. I just... I don't understand. Look, I think that insuring people's penises is a legitimate concern. From the article that um that I read about this on, it said the nether regions of 16,000 men are injured or detached each year. I got that from Google, the spokeswoman said. Google, <laughs> she knows, man. She knows the stats. Hey, I'm thinking men need like... protection. This should be a, like a legitimate insurance concern. Like, there could be those ads on Yui, you know, it, depending how much you use it, you know, whether you're, you're parking it somewhere safely or... <laughs> 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 this could work. Now, yeah. this is this is yeah. a story. See, see, see what I'm getting at? You know, whether you, whether you take it to work with you every day or you leave it at home some days. <laughs> you know, I mean, depending on that would depend how much you insure it for. This is true. You know, <laughs> well, it says here <laughs> that they've actually something. they've already insured quite a few celebrity penises. They've insured Conan O'Brien, Anderson Cooper, and our very own favorite hot mess, Justin Bieber. Maybe if they'd like shown those appendages detached in the ad. That would have interested me. If Justin Bieber gets any more traffic down there, he's going to have to open up a Starbucks. I, was, I think he needs insurance. Yeah, he needs insurance to cover STIs. Like, <laughs> seriously. And he could call his Starbucks Star... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, because he's a star. Oh, totally. And it's about his penis, yeah? Oh. <laughs> you Scottish are. John, everyone. He'll be here all week. <laughs> Oh, straight from Scotland, where they don't wear any knickers anyway. You'd need to have extra insurance there with no knickers, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's true. It's pretty dangerous, the old kilt. Yeah. <laughs> I said knickers, though. And you were like, knickers? What do you call underwear in Scotland? Um, Boxers. <laughs> we don't really have it, because we just go all they don't around, wear it. We they don't know kilts. what it is. Yeah, I've never really... What is this contraption you speak yeah. of, Michael? It's too constraining. I don't know what this is. <gasps> really? Do you really not wear underwear in Scotland, or are you just having us on? Do they just not make them big enough for the Scottish man? That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. What do you think, Michael? Do you think I'm joking or not? I don't know. I mean, I'm not a fan of wearing underwear anyway, so I, I'm, I'm almost inclined to agree with you. Are, you, are you two trying to tell me that I'm sitting here in the studio with two <laughs> free-balling men? Yes, we no, we have underwear and we have electricity and we have the internet. <laughs> right, and I'm wearing underwear today, just to clarify. <laughs> I am, but they're the, okay. my very last clean pair, so I may not be tomorrow. We'll see. Love it. Well, that's our bizarre file for the week, which ended with bizarre stories from all three of us. Um, we'll be, <laughs> if you have any more bizarre news you'd like to send our way, make sure you jump on our Facebook or Twitter at Gay Savvy and let us know. You can call in the studio and tell us as well. 3221-0197 is the studio number anytime. And make sure you go and check out our podcast. Go to the iTunes store, search Gay Savvy Podcast, and it'll bring you right here. And then you'll be listening to this very show again in about a week's time, really. And it's like the whole world will go full circle. And your, your life will be amazing. Also, make sure you rate and review it. 
So give it as many stars as you feel it deserves and write kind or unkind words, whichever you feel is most appropriate, on the podcast store part things so that we know just how much you love or dislike us. Coming back for our final segment for the night very shortly, uh, but coming up next, we have Daft Punk's Get Lucky here at Gay Savvy. The lovely, vivacious and sassy Adele there with Right As Rain here at Gay Savvy. And before that was Daft Punk's Get Lucky. Now, it's uh, uh, speaking of getting lucky, you're just pulling out like a prize pack here from your little ventures, both of you, over at the Queer Film Festival. It's coming up soon and there's lots of stuff happening in it. And mm. it's it's very, very soon. Opening night, I believe, is the 28th. Am I correct? Correct. 20th, is it? Yes, the 28th of March. That's a Friday. Yeah, not next Friday, the Friday after. Yep. It's... The film uh, will be on at 7 o'clock. That's called Out in the Lineup, if you want to catch that one. And then the party, the Love Shack Beach Party, starts at 8.30. Oh, very nice. Mm. I'm totally going to be there. And that's at the Brisbane Powerhouse. It is indeed. And it's the Queer Film Festival. Yes. 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 Wonderful. The Queer Film Festival. And also, if you guys are real party nuts, after the after party, you can go to the Wickham and they're having more celebrations over there. So you can party oh, all nice. the way into the night. Yeah, it continues at the Wick from 12. And I think that a lot of the partying straight after the first movie, about 8.30, is all included in your original ticket price. So the Powerhouse will be open until about midnight and then everyone can head over to the Wick if they want to do that. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do love it. I love it. So it's a, it's a festival. There's several events going on. Um, you guys are part of the media call that was on going on yesterday. What else is happening? Does it care about and other stuff? Can you tell me? Yes. Well, yesterday I went to the media call, which was very exciting. They had all the lovely guys and girls from the Oscar Theatre Company there who will be providing some of the entertainment for the different events that are going to coincide with the Queer Film Festival, like the opening party and Camp Out, which is a new thing that they've uh, come up with, which is 12 hours of films. I love it. You can see them back to back. They'll include about five films in that. And there's a prize for the best onesie. You know how I love a good onesie. 12 yes. hours starting at 8 p.m. So yeah. it's 8 p.m. to 8, so 8 a.m. It's an all night thing. Jake Harrison from My Kitchen Rules will cook you breakfast in the morning if you make it till 8 a.m. That sounds nice. If only it was child-friendly, I'd take my child as well. That would be wonderful. That one's on the 4th of April, if you guys are wondering. But get tickets now, because I reckon that'll fill up pretty quickly. Oh, very nice. 4th of April has school holidays as well. Perfect. Perfect. Love it. Um, there's also this weekend, we have the Brisbane Hustlers, as I said, at Ballymore Stadium, are playing in the Purchase Cup, which is going to be absolutely amazing. Um, there will be Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane and New Zealand all competing against each other for the honours, uh, as well as the Hustlers will be holding their Get Their Gear Off and Raise Money event, Rugger Bugger. You can go and see them get their clothes off at Crystals at the Beat on Saturday night. Um, which will be amazing. I'm not in that now, thankfully, very much. So you can see more attractive people go and take their clothes off. Our tickets are available online. Check the Hustlers website as well. Um, that is all we have time for tonight. Mm. Thank you so much for joining us, my lovely co-hosts. Always a pleasure. Yes. Thank you, Michael. Ah, you're more than Pleasure welcome. to be here. Anytime. We're going to be back uh, anytime next week, in fact. Um, we'll see if you join us again. We have such a lovely rotating panel every week. It's kind of like the project. Like, every, it's just different people all the time. <laughs> it's kind of like the project. It's kind of, we're as good as the project. But, no, but yeah. yeah. The project, <laughs> but better. But uh, better. <laughs> better. So we'll see who's here next week. Um, but for now, thank you very much, guys. Don't forget to jump on Twitter and Facebook at Gay Savvy and also to go to the iTunes store and subscribe and download our podcast. Have a great night. I'm Michael James. Cat And Scottish John. Have a great night.